0: Log Talk Radio To the frontier beyond fear, live broadcast. I'm Susan Larison Danz, and today is Saturday, June 11th, 2022. And this program, which is available on multiple podcasting platforms, airs live every week on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern time. And the intent of this program is almost always to spontaneously share some very deep thoughts on spiritual topics, love-based spiritual topics, that impact our lives and our world today. Today, I feel very much called after some deep reflection to once again talk about the wisdom in 1 Corinthians 13. This wisdom will reach into your heart no matter what your path or perspective. It is a very deep teaching that we really need right now, and it has a lot to say. Though its primary topic is love, it has to do with how an understanding of what real love is impacts every aspect of our lives and of our world. We find ourselves, and I know that there are people listening, um, just to give you an idea about of you, 64 to 65, are in the United States, where I am. And I know that others of you who are listening are scattered in a number of places, which I very much celebrate and welcome. You are welcome here. And I believe that this perspective will be meaningful to you No matter what you are dealing with in your life and in your society, it is deeply meaningful wisdom. So I'm going to begin and I'm going to explore what 1 Corinthians 13 has to tell us, but I will begin with the end of 1 Corinthians 12. First Corinthians 12.31 says, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. And now I will show you the most excellent way. Let's stop right there before we even get to First Corinthians 13. The most excellent way. Why does it say that? Because we have a lot of other choices. There are a lot of other ways we may approach our lives and everything that's happening around us. And many many of those ways, in fact, essentially all of those ways, if they are not based in a real understanding of what love is, which is not a weak thing, by the way, but we'll get to that. We will not be approaching whatever... We are reflecting on whatever we face in the most excellent way. I might say the highest way, the deepest way. But excellent also implies the most effective way. Do we want to make a difference in this world? Love is the most excellent way. 1 Corinthians, verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. That was verse 1. It is within our human nature and the human experience to speak in many ways. And we all do it. This is something that is really unavoidable. We say things we really don't mean. Or maybe we thought we meant it. But then we thought no. I really should have softened that. We, There is plenty of hatred in the world. And plenty of fear. But that is not compatible. It doesn't matter what our underlying purpose is, and we all do this. If we are speaking without love in our hearts in a moment, we are not going to be effective. That's what this verse is saying. We will be a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Listen. To the implication there, and let me remind you, I have explored the, this passage before. Every single time, something new comes forward, and it just is again. Every one of the programs, and it's been a while, but everyone looks at this ever more deeply. A resounding gong or a clanging cymbal implies repetition. In in fact, it implies senseless repetition. There can be no effective communication in such a way, not if you really want to make a difference. Verse 2. Oh, well, actually, this show may go on. It'll definitely go into overtime. It's fine. I'm not done with verse 1. The tongues of men, well, those are just words, or, and of angels, which may also imply that we have a spiritual path, but still, we're falling into patterns that are oh so common. Those of you who listened to my last show, where I was talking about skeptics, I got somewhat indignant in that show I was very passionate and we can all um now whether that was effective did I lose sight of love I don't know but it's easy to get lost because fear does that this is a program about fear and how to get beyond it and it's been on the air over a decade and there is still much to explore when fear is somehow influencing, and yes, of course, this is the human experience, it always is going to influence us to some degree, but step by step, we can release its hold on us. Fear is not the most excellent way, which, by the way, is the opposite of love. Fear is the least excellent way to actually be effective in meaningful relationships in our world. Because that, after all, is the very basis for where we want to improve. We want a world where we can communicate with one another, where we can care about one another. And even wherever we are with different points of view, where we can have that basis for communication. Love is the most excellent way. Um, fear is not. And we, can, we all need to be reminded of this all the time, and I do not exempt myself from that. Verse 2, 1 Corinthians thirteen two. If I have the gift of prophecy... And can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. And I have a faith that can move mountains. But have not love. I am nothing. Hear that verse? You can be really, um, you know, very focused on faith. Very. That can be a very important part of your path, and we all can fall into this. We can see things. We can be intuitive. We can be listening to the divine. We could have had incredible things happen just yesterday, things that happen in faith, faith that can move mountains. Many of us have witnessed incredible healing that we cannot explain or things that are so incredibly detailed and um, coincidental in a meaningful way, which depending on your path, some describe as synchronicities. Others have other language for what that is, but if we're not in a space of love, those things will not be truly effective. Those things will fail because they are not based in love. And love is not so easily described. It will be in this passage momentarily. So don't make assumptions about what love is. Because that's what this passage is going to tell us. And it's going to tell us many aspects of love to help clue us in to when we are straying from the path of love so that we can find our way back. It is like a compass to help us every day. Verse 3. If I give all I possess, To the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. You know, there's an interesting footnote next to surrendering my body to the flames, which can seem a very odd thing. And I want to look. Huh. Some manuscripts, early manuscripts, say, body that I may boast. Oh, so surrender my body to the flames, that I may boast. Some manuscripts say that. So what they're saying there is if you are filled with pride and ego and me, 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 look at me, and you're doing these things like giving things away but only to aggrandize yourself or if that's a a very significant motivation, In what you are doing, if it's all about yourself and not about love and acting in love, even if it can be the most extreme of things. When I think of surrendering your body to the flames, I think of someone who may have done something where they literally, um, you know, were burned at the stake. But if they didn't have love in their hearts, if it was all about ego then that would be an empty act. It would not be effective. And I'm sure we can think of people that Joan of Arc comes to mind who was not egotistical, but yet was surrendered to the flames. I mean, I don't. she didn't willingly go. If you read the account, she was really wanting her faith to deliver her at the time and was even disappointed because she was a human being. But... Later, we'll get later in this passage where it talks about um, sharing truths. And Joan of Arc was known for being very direct and very honest. And she got the better of those who were questioning her because she was smarter than they were, (laughs) truthfully. And a lot of that, I haven't seen that in a while. I've studied. I consider her um, one of the mystical women that I've studied. And um, there are a lot of records from when they were questioning her and just how incredibly wise she was, how they couldn't trick her into things. She was way wiser than anybody who was trying to, um, you know, accuse her. And um, so she – and you don't get this feeling, even though later – she was certainly elevated and even became a saint within the Catholic Church and so forth. This was not ego-based. Did she have no ego? Well, I'm sure. And again, I haven't studied her story in a little while. Everybody has some ego that I don't think you can really navigate meaningfully in the world as a human being without some ego. When I'm doing this program, I try to steer clear from that space that it's not just about, you know, oh, I'm doing this show. It's, it's about sharing. It's about service. Is what you're doing truly about service? That's where love is. That's where love guides us. So that's an interesting verse, and she comes to mind immediately. And we can be thankful we're not in an age any longer where harsh things like that occur, harsh and cruel things. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Now is where we start. I'm not reading it yet to explore what love actually is. Verse 4. Love is patient Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It can be difficult, especially when we face urgent things in our world, to find that patience. I've been impatient. We're all impatient. I have great esteem and faith in the goodness that exists and that we can find um, what is sometimes we can, I don't want to use even any other quote, we can find the higher path. And this particular passage helps to guide us as to how but patience is important. I continue to feel as I speak to a worldwide group, the greatest thing that we all face that's immediate in terms of how do we have patience, the greatest threat and of course there is fear behind it, there is all kinds there are all kinds of lesser motivations of behind it, but we have now returned to the situation where nuclear war is unfortunately the greatest thing that we face. There are other things, but nuclear war is our most immediate danger again. And it was that way when I was younger, and sadly, we're back to that place. And if we don't proceed in a way that alleviates that threat, we won't even get to anything else we might be concerned about (laughs) that are down the list. And so that's why wisdom in these times is incredibly important. second to that, I will also say, and it's actually related, how we are treating one another, how we are not communicating with one another is also very much influencing not only the threats that we face at a macrocosm, but in a microcosm, wherever we find ourselves, We are going to keep repeating the same cycles over and over until they are ended by something as dramatic as nuclear war. And, you know, I have faith that we can avert that, but it's a significant thing that cannot be um, swept away right now. It's a really important thing. And there are a lot of other things going on, and we'll get to some of that as we get down this list of what love is, but in terms of what could avert our ability to be patient, that is very large. Also related to that is, again, are we building, um, you know, are we respecting one another? What, what is the nature of the divine? What does it say, the divine? I mean, my spiritual path and many have to do with a diversity of choices. The divine does not impose its will on choice. Different belief systems may have different ways of looking at what happens if certain choices are made. But the key part of the human experience is freely exploring choices. Some of those choices are not very good ones. That's why understanding love can help to guide us to the highest way of living, even when we do it. So imperfectly. This program will definitely go over, but that's fine. I'm going to continue until I finish the entire passage. Do I have anything else to say? Well, there's much more to say about verse 4. Love is kind. Kindness. Kindness is incredibly important. See, the problem is, is when we get to the point where kindness isn't even possible, we failed in that situation. We failed before we got to that point. We can head off so many things if we begin with kindness. That doesn't mean that you just allow hatred to run rampant or you know, terrible things that are very contrary to kindness. But the key is, how do we learn to live in a higher way? How do we truly change things for the better? And it starts immediately around us. And there can be people who are not being kind immediately around us or beyond. But kindness... Is a path that we are called to, but we'll talk about later. well, how do you deal with those situations where um there is hatred or things that are very not kind? How do we navigate? it does not envy that's really important, and it's very hard um, I know that there have been many times you know it's so easy to think. Like, I'm sure this is very common in the spiritual community. is like there are many of us who are really doing our best to elevate things that are helpful. And, you know, you wonder sometimes, how come it's so easy to do this? How come, you know, that person or these people, this group of people have all the resources they could possibly want And yet the people who really want to make a difference don't, you know, and so it makes it that much harder, but maybe the two are connected and maybe there's a really good reason. And somehow there are many, many miracles on the path because, you know, we've made choices. I don't have to be on this spiritual path, even though, you know, I do my simple work, Um, but you know, I could be doing something, um, well, actually not really anymore because I'm getting older, but some years ago, um, and actually not even then. I mean, really, I made the choices. I'm, I'm actually deriving this myself because I chose, for example, to be home with my child because I think that's a very, very important thing. And although I worked in the midst of that, that required sacrifice. And I will never regret that choice. I felt, and it wasn't, we frame that as old fashioned. Well, that's because there are people who, and you know, every person has to make their own choice here. The only thing I can say is I am so happy that I made that choice, and it had absolutely had effects on my so called career, which i have a had a real career very interesting career um i'm actually i shouldn't i'm I'm happy with aspects of my career, but I'm also very happy with the commitment that I had to being at home and sometimes even when I thought I couldn't do it things circumstances happened where I had to do it and once there again, I knew it was the way. Okay. It does not boast. Maybe that sounds when a little bit like boasting, but that's not really my intent. But again, it's very difficult on our human path. We all have some ego and um I really am happy that I made that choice, and I celebrate it in my life. It was an important choice. But love doesn't boast, and it is not proud. We've talked about pride already. Verse 5, it is not rude. Let's stop right there. I was a little bit snide in the last show talking about skeptics. It is so easy to be clever, snarky, rude. But it's not going to accomplish what we really want. It only pushes people away. And we all do it. That's why I mentioned in the last show, I don't know if I would go so far as to say I was rude, but there's plenty of this going on right now. You know, the clever little thing at someone else's expense. Ha, ha, ha. And you think that's effective. Well, all you're really doing is talking to the other people who want to be clever and laugh at other people's expense. And it, it truly, there's a reason why we really need to aim to be polite as much as possible, even though it's hard. And I do it too sometimes, but it is not rude. It is not base. That's another way of looking at it. There's no point in, if we're going to lower, here's another way of describing it, lower our energetic or some would say vibrational level. The live show is about to end. This is going to go at least an hour. Thank you, live audience, for being here. I get a little notification. You ever wonder why? How does she know? How does she interrupt herself? Well, because Blog Talk Radio tells me. If you're listening live today, thank you for being here live. I strongly encourage you to come in and listen to the rest of the program. Um, It will be available on Blog Talk Radio at the same um, feed, and it's also on other platforms if you search for it. FrontierBeyondFear.com is where I will post it. I actually caught up on that site last week and I'll aim to catch up again this week or get this program out there. And I encourage you to consider following the show if you like. I think you have to get an account on Blog Talk Radio. It's free, but if you can't, that's fine. Just look for it. I'm generally talking every week about something that I hope will inspire you and help you in your path, and help how we're all relating to one another. And thank you to Blog Talk Radio, as it once again is featuring this program on the homepage while live. And um, I actually hadn't even looked. Let's see here real quick, and then I'll, not to boast, but I am, I can't get there. Let's see. Ah, yes. Thank you, Blog Talk Radio. Featuring the program in the main slot, the num the the top slot, um, in live spirituality while it's been live. So all of those things I'm very grateful for, even though yes, it's very difficult to list things like that which out without seeming to boast. But, you know, there's a balance. In fact, let's talk about balance. I was gonna do a program on balance and I probably will soon. Um, there's a balance between celebrating your accomplishments. If you feel that you're doing meaningful things, and even, you know, in my career as a computer scientist, uh, those things didn't necessarily have deep spiritual meaning, but I still was, um, you know, I celebrated my accomplishments, especially as a woman, because there weren't very many women in the field. And really, during that time which really ended, um, you know, we're getting, gosh, how many years ago now? Some time ago, and I'll never be able to go back to that, um, but I don't need to. But I brought that career to really the most satisfying, anything I would have imagined that I could have done with it, I was able to do in, in the midst of the years when I was able to do it. And at the same time, I was also able to be home with my child during almost all of those years. And, you know, really the final years of my traditional career where I actually went into um, more corporate leadership and was um, directing engineering communications for my company, that was really the pinnacle because I really was trying to get people to collaborate and how to help, you know, people – who are just starting out, you know, the most junior employee, how to, how to um, link them to the upper management so that those people didn't feel so distant. When I first started at that particular company, um, the CEO, it was a startup, it started up in someone's garage, although I arrived after that. And no, it wasn't some famous company you've heard of, and I don't need to get into that, but it was a software company that did really well. That career that part of my career was very satisfying to me. And having had the opportunity to take it to really the highest level in a leadership communication role was incredibly satisfying for me, Um, even though all of that um, ended after that and I came back to much more um, modest things. Let's just put that put it that way in terms of, um, you know, let's not get into envy, right? Well, it was the path that I needed to take. And, yes, I was home again at a time when I really needed to be. And, honestly, it wasn't really as effective when I wasn't home. In fact, there were things I was sacrificing for my career at that time which had I not come home again, I think things would have gone, well, I know things would have gone a different direction. And to have that meaningful presence in the lives of others is more important than whatever I might have done further in that particular career. And I know that completely. So back to the verse, (laughs) I digress. But, you know, some personal things are important because we're all people in the world, and that's a part of my life. Okay. It is not rude, so I think we covered that quite well. Let's steer clear of rudeness. It will help us in any way. Um, It is not self-seeking, which means we, as much as possible, focus on how we are operating in service, it is not easily angered. Now, there you go. If we're not easily angered, and believe me, we, in any given day, we can be triggered. But I know that my own path, things have really, I have gotten, you know, when, When you feel anger come over, you know, you don't even feel well physically. I mean, real anger, it's not helpful. You cannot really operate in a meaningful, effective way if you're dominated in that way. And it's truthfully an impulse, and it's a lower impulse, and it often leads to rudeness, that too. We need to find a path where you can still care Something's hateful or, or not love-based. I mean, you know, the last program, I wasn't really happy about skeptics, skeptics and how that impacts our future um, if we get too caught up in um, not even looking at what spirituality can provide to us. And, in fact, this program is giving us a really good example. But there's more than that when we're living in the midst of a spiritual life. It's more than words that we're reading or even um, everyday things that we're applying. There's a higher level as well. We need to stop celebrating anger. We can see on vivid display in multiple parts of the world, including in the United States, how anger leads to impulse and leads to things that are not helpful. And anger in response to anger is not helpful either. Love is the way. And when they talk about being easily angered, you know, it doesn't imply that you're never, ever angry. You're going to be angry. It's talking about impulse, impulsive behavior, Impulsive anger, saying that thing that you didn't mean to say, you'll regret that for years later. And we really can change. We really can work on that. Look at the bullying that happens among children. All of that, much of it. And then there's the peer pressure, but it's based on somebody's impulsive anger. And when you see... um, You know, situations where people are ganging up on others and something harsh happens in the moment. Look at the witch burnings of old. I mean, we haven't seen in our current society, um, you know, we can be thankful that you're not walking by people being, you know, um, killed, well, actually Let's correct that. There actually are some really bad things happening in our society. I mean, here in the United States, there are far too many things happening where in impulse, people are killing other people or hurting other people. Let's not give that a free pass either. But what I'm talking about is where entire societies celebrated, you know, going we're going to the witch burning this morning and you bring your children. I mean, we can be really... Celebrating that we're not living in that world, but sadly, I know that there may be people listening. Although in those countries, I think this show may be not allowed, but there, I can, get, I'm sure there are places where that's happening, and that's not based in love. Let's go on. This one's really important. We're still in verse 4. It keeps no record of wrongs. Wow. How many times have I said I would like to do a show on forgiveness? That is so incredibly important. What that implies is you give people the opportunity to make a fresh start. Do you help people? Do you help people to... um, Correct behaviors that are not um, able to be in a functional society. You know, um, does this mean that it has to do with motivation? It has to do with are you focused in helping everyone around you live their best lives? Because generally when things go awry, It's because something has happened in a person's life which has led them down a road where they're not behaving in a way that, um, you know, where there's real wrong in the world. There's real darkness in the world. And for us to learn how to live in a higher way, compatible with love, it involves forgiveness, and that is incredibly difficult. Vengeance drives us so often. I am not a believer in vengeance being a motivating factor in any way. That has led to endless cycles of war, and it will lead to chaos. As much as it is a motivation that has been with humanity for a very long time, we have to govern our own impulses to vengeance because it is not love-based or productive behavior. And in terms of how we help those who have wronged us, how that gets um, addressed, vengeance can have no role in that, as hard as that is. Where are we? By the way, at the divine level, love keeping no record of wrongs and considering that God is love is very significant as well. The divine wants us to choose freely to live the best lives that we can. What kind of societies might we create if we could live in such a way? But we would need to find a higher, non-impulsive, non-vengeful way to address division and those things that have wronged us. That's the only way forward. Verse 6, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. I spent a lot of time on this verse the last time I explored this passage. We don't really think very often about the relationship between love and truth. But let's be clear. Honest truth. Is not an easily discovered truth. Honest unveiling of truth involves incorporating things that come from many voices and can be hard to find and reveal, and generally. In human life, there is no situation that can just be um, revealed without an honest, full, full exploration of truth. Far too often, we let, if you've heard um, the term confirmation bias, we only look for things that fit with a particular worldview, a particular, this word comes up more often these days. I never used to hear this word before, a narrative. You have to go below a narrative. You can't just fit things to a story. You have to find out what the real story is. And a lot of times it may not be something that you really want to see. Nobody, and I mean everybody, This is generally true. There will be aspects to the real story of things that nobody wants to see because of their confirmation biases. You have to let go of that and look for real truth, even if it doesn't completely fit with some really pretty picture or whatever the picture is that you're trying to paint. That's not about truth. Love does not rejoice in any corruption at all. That is evil. Corruption does not help us. There are many who are served by it in the moment, but it's not going to help us as a society. And this starts in the smallest of ways. How do we live our best lives? Anyone who's influenced by corruption is enslaved by it, sadly. That's where it leads. I mean, some really dark places. And that's not about where we can be living our best lives, obviously. So let's have the courage, because that's what this is about, to go deeper in anything that we are looking at and look at the stories, honestly, that people have to tell. Find the real story, not just the story that a narrative wants to hear. Because you're not going to accomplish anything unless you're going deeper. And this is true everywhere. This is how, by the way, but this may be why some years ago, and I'm starting to gravitate this way again, I was very much called to the Quaker path. Because I do believe that there is a route to peace in every situation. It's just that you've missed the path. You don't even want to look at the path, or you have some bias that is keeping you from looking at the path. It's not easy. And sometimes we seem, oh, we missed the road. What are we going to do now? Difficult thing, this human journey. It can be. But one of the most important things, you know, if you go back to World War II, for example, in the United States, there were a lot of things that were trying to not share the full truth of what was happening overseas. They had certain motivations. Some of those entities, they're considered, you know, elevated even today. I mean, there were a lot of corporations and different um, you know communications entity there were this was a very complicated time and there were very real biases back then in the United States as well that did not lead to meaningful addressing of what was happening or even an understanding and that doesn't help it never helps it'll just come up later everything that has ever ailed us, if it's not honestly dealt with in in a love-based way, not in, you know, you're not going to change someone's point of view just by telling them, you know, just by dismissing it. You have to have a conversation. And those conversations start early, and we all do. That's the even more important thing. Don't be on your high high and mighty chair saying you know everything because pride comes before discovering that maybe you didn't. And then what? Truth matters. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. That's because the truth is loving. If you're not interested in real truth, That's not loving. That's hurting someone. We have to have the courage to look for it, even when it doesn't fit with our bias. And we need to look at it through the eyes of love. Verse 7. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres the voice of love can never be silenced. If all it could do is speak under a tree, it would speak because nothing can diminish it truly. And love always protects. Why wouldn't we want such a thing to be Always protected by something. Always trust. Always hopes. Always perseveres. When you are doing your best to be aligned with what this is, nothing, nothing can stop it. Not in this life or any other. Not in this life or the next. In fact this is important at the divine level too love will always love period there's no other part there and always protect and trust love doesn't just abandon you know you can see this at multiple levels is it really loving to abandon someone who's been deceived by something deceptive. That person has been deceived. That's not love. I mean that's. You have to trust. You have to persevere. We need to look for clarity. And the divine. Will always love us. The divine is. Is love. And we are inseparable from that love. Always hopes. I will never give up hope. Love never gives up hope. Verse 8. Love never fails. There you go. Let's continue verse 8. But where there are prophecies. They will cease. Where there are tongues. They will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. I'm going to continue for a few verses. Verse 9. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. Verse 10. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappeared. Verse 11. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Verse 12. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. This group of verses, and one of these days I may have to start my exploration at the end, but that's okay. I think that I can address what this has to say. We have to stop. Notice how it talks about childish ways. Well, as human beings, because we're having a human experience, we will always, to some degree, be childish. Childish. In the sense that we don't know everything. In fact, this whole passage says this. But we have these impulses that we can manage better. This passage tells us how. But we're not going to be perfect. We're not going to be perfect in the human experience. But it does talk about that someday, you know, when you're... I do believe that the divine love is perfect that the divine is necessarily perfect, even while it can still grow. That is my personal belief, that the divine, just by being the divine, must be perfect. But that doesn't mean that it can't continue to grow and expand in creating. And what it does is it is there are things that happen that are less perfect as a part of bringing a greater focus ultimately on what love is on what love is and how love operates and what how we deviate from it and then rediscover it again because that's the only way that I can possibly get my mind around what happens in the world we're here with blinders on to what love is and depending on how much we open ourselves up or are opened because sometimes we aren't even looking for it and we are given a way that helps to open us, we will see more and more less like not an innocent child. They're talking about childish here. Childish is impulsive and um, not refined, often rude, could be bullying, often selfish, childish, not childlike, which are all the innocent characteristics of a child that we celebrate, Um, we will not eliminate, you know, I did a show last week where I got a little bit um, indignant, yes. And, you know, that's in a way a childish impulse, even though I was trying to get to a point could there have been a better way talking about skepticism and how it has harmed us probably but you know we get caught up in it it's natural there are things that push our buttons there are things that trigger us there are things that you know make us more easily angered we're human beings but we can learn to manage this i wasn't shouting in the last show that i hardly ever shout anymore i get Worked up over certain things, especially when I see um, something where um, you know there is deception, things like that. Deception really um, kind of irks me, and actually um, skepticism can be that way. Or when it feels like the blind leading the blind, that kind of thing. I'm I'm not a big fan of corruption. Um, I really am not, and I. We're naturally upset about those things when we see it. But we are called back to love because love never will fail. No matter what we go through, even nuclear war itself, if everything in this world, most of it, it wouldn't all go away. Although there are things that can be, you know, I was watching something once again about an asteroid um, and, you know, a lot of people, um, well, actually, I was watching a movie, and then I've studied other things. You know, what they think really happened to the dinosaurs is, or if a really bad near-Earth object were to hit, is it could incinerate the entire atmosphere. I mean, that, I, that has been discussed. I even wrote a short story um, discussing that possibility, although in that short story, that didn't happen. In that short story, we raised our level of compassion to the point that somehow we managed, or our faith, we moved mountains. We moved the asteroid, not to give away the ending, but that's what happened in my story, which I wrote many years ago. With that said, love never fails, no matter what happens, and we need to trust in that because there's a lot of fear around that suggests that love will fail. Love never fails. What else do I want to address in this passage? There will come a time where nothing more needs to be said, or there's a space where you just know love. Does that mean I do believe that the divine expands. I do believe that there are continual experiences that we will have and that there are continual creative experiences that the divine always creates. But there is a time in this life where love will speak. Love is what what will speak. And the perfection of love, unconditional love that keeps no record of wrongs, forgiving love. Now we see but a poor reflection, again, again, as in a mirror. We'll see face to face. We'll see what that divine is. I believe we'll see all of our stories, too. And once we do, we'll have such a greater understanding. There will be no greater way of understanding truth than to see the real paths that people led. And yes, how maybe they were deceived here or, you know, hurt here and then they behaved badly here. Everybody will see, well, what happened? What happened? There will be great love in that day. There will be no vengeance, only love. Vengeance is not of love. Verse 13, well, okay, let's just briefly address one other part of 12. We're heading towards the hour here, but I will be done soon. You then I shall, now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Actually, that is so relevant to our stories being known. It'll be clear it'll be clear there was this point where, oh, my gosh, I didn't understand something, or this influence was too strong, or, you know, this harmful thing happened. And, oh, my gosh, that led to something that wasn't good, or you'll look at someone else's story, and you'll see the same thing. But you'll be able to see it through the eyes of love and understanding. And you'll be able to see how a person changes over time. Spirituality, the reason why I value it so, of course, it's intrinsic to my life. My relationship with love, divine love, which is very personal for us all. And just the incredible miracle. I had a, I wasn't going to talk, and there's no time to talk about it now. But there was something that happened last night that was so statistically improbable in detail. It wasn't anything I was looking for. It was just something that came up that was amazing. And I still don't know where it will lead next. I may talk about it on another show. and probably will. But the spiritual path, it's not just, oh... You know, you're looking for a red car, so you see a red car. That's what, See, I, I'm sounding rude and indignant again. See, see, I'm human too. Uh, of course I am. I would never <laughs> claim not to be. Um, but how, why did I say it that way? Because I'm sitting here teaching, and it's not for me to be sitting up on my high horse, so to speak, on some pedestal, I've had many imperfect things happen in my life, decisions that could have been better. I have decisions I celebrate as well. In some cases, I have decisions that preserved my being as a, you know, preserved things so that I could be effective in the world, so that I could be effective in in lives that, you know, so that I could be um home with my child, for example, but I have not led a perfect life. Nobody does. I have been in, but I've been thinking about life. And said, I, I suggest that when you think about, gosh, how did I get on this path that didn't help? Go all the way back and think about the influences. That can be really helpful because I've had some real revelations to me, not some dramatic thing. Just thinking about it. And I thought, you know what, that really did not have a positive influence on me. And I can trace it all the way back in some cases that then led later to uh, some decisions that were too impulsive or, you know, why, you know, and how did things improve? You know, how did I learn to be a better human being in terms of relationships and um, and you know but even then oh my gosh you know that was impulsive or boy i got really angry there and you know but you know what i'm not really very much anymore i really had to be pushed into that it wasn't easily so think about how in your personal life something dysfunctional led to some things where you maybe didn't make a good choice and that Once you start to see that and you look at it through the eyes of acceptance and love, you can look at that in other lives. See, someday I will be fully known, as will you. Your story, I am confident. Anyone who looks into my story, anyone who knows, they'll be amazed. by. They'll say, oh, my gosh, I never knew that happened to Susan. That'll be part of it. But they'll also be a deeper part of saying, wow, you know, Now I get it. I can see, you know, wow. In fact, I think wow may be the main thing we'll say. If you can say, I hope that we can say wow in such a place. Wow. Because you'll get it. And this will be true for whole groups of people, too. You'll suddenly get, oh, my gosh, there was this and this. Oh, no, wow. What if we had handled this better? And generally it has to do with finding a way to greater understanding. People, I, I would love to find this story again. It may have been in Immaculate Jesus book. And I may need to revisit that again because she was in a very, um, she was in Rwanda and she could have really wanted vengeance. I mean, horrible things happened to her and her whole family and she survived. And there was such division. But I think it was in the midst of her telling them, I'm trying to think of where, I heard this. It was about a society where there was strife, you know, just people battling one another, you know, totally different points of view and hateful, hateful rhetoric and everything and action. And somehow they found a way to start to communicate. It was a smaller society. They started to truly communicate. That is key because if you're not doing that in an honest way, if it's just based on some narrative, and that isn't going to work. You have to truly communicate and you have to truly honestly seek a love-based path. You have to rejoice in the truth and not in corruption. I don't know how long it will take humanity, if we'll even have the time to figure out how to create more loving societies. There are a lot of things we need to be and to do. Technology is helping me right now, and I've talked about this many times, but it's distracting us from what is important so very often. But at the same time, I'm grateful it exists that I'm able to speak in such a way. I'd be under a tree doing it if I didn't have this. Verse 13. And now, these these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I don't need to say too much about that. Faith, incredibly important. Hope, never giving up. But real hope is about never giving up on finding our way beyond the things that are dividing us through truth. That's part of it. Real love. And also... Finding a way where you can see truth and then different perspectives. But you'll find that some of those perspectives are based on a narrative that isn't based on truth. Well, then that helps. That helps. That helps to understand one another better. Because, oh, I didn't know that fact. Oh, oh, oh. But you have to actually have the facts. To get there, love and truth are very related. We can move forward when we're courageous enough to seek that. That's where we'll get. That's where we'll be getting somewhere. Have we really built such amazing things? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Rockets, whatever. What have we done, really, to improve who we are? What cycles are we repeating that are just like the same old thing all over again? And now that we have these little toys, oh, my gosh, we really may end everything. That would be very sad. Maybe we never could have gotten as large as we are, because we couldn't have done it without the technology, but maybe we never actually need to needed to, but here we are. Everything will pass away someday. The earth itself is not going to be here forever. And yes, I cannot say, I happen to believe that we, because I believe in the divine and not chaos, I think that we are protected to some degree. I'm not quite sure how this all works out. But yeah, we could be hit with an asteroid. Any number of external things can happen to the planet that would make life impossible or mostly impossible. Even if that were to happen, in whatever group we find ourselves in, in a tiny group between two people. My God, how many imperfect things happen between just two people. If we can find a way to honestly look at truth, to honestly be caring and loving and to listen to different perspectives, but those perspectives change when truth, real truth, not some contrived thing. That's not truth. We're talking about real, full truth. Things change then. And it's essential, but it takes courage. This program's about fear and it takes a lot of courage. I talk about it a lot. I'm not I don't set myself up as someone who's more courageous than A lot of other people, I think they're probably a lot of braver people than me, but, you know, I'm able to do this right now. That takes some courage. I'll acknowledge that. Each of us is on a journey learning and growing. The greatest of these is love. Love is everything. Love is the key. Love really is the answer. And we need to find our way as much as possible in every moment when we can remember to remind ourselves to put love at the center and its clarity and what it is and not some other thing. You know, in the Bible, when I was young, I mean, I was raised in Sunday school and everything, and there's a lot of teaching about, like, what is a false idol? You know, what is that really? You know, that might be a show in itself, too. To me, that can arrive in many ways. It's a, It can be a misconception. Something that deviates us from truth, from love. Something that we put in place of the divine, what, and the divine is love. It will always harm us when we do this. In our lives, we can, put, we can celebrate different shallow things that aren't really as important as a true, deep love. And I mean agape love, that's another word, divine love, the highest love. How can we live in a better way? How can we self-correct as much as we can in every single day? That's a part of the spiritual path we are called to. Thanks everyone for listening today. I should be here next week. I, and once again, I'll know what I'm talking about probably right before the program. I appreciate you being here. FrontierBeyondFear.com is where you can learn more. Take care everyone. Thank you.